0: We'll <laughs> podcast host jason along with chris yo you know, from uh coast to uh well midwest to coast chris is currently in uh, new york new
1: york city
0: Oh, uh, chris is finishing up your work here which is good
1: yep and uh my window in the c madison square garden
0: which is pretty nice
1: Yep. Unfortunately, so there are no games there
0: yeah, that'd be nice to go. Uh, that's that's one of my uh, places i like to catch a game eventually.
1: I've uh, I've never seen a hockey game there, but I saw ACDC perform there two years ago. So I have nice. been in MSG, but just not for a game.
0: Yeah, on my bucket list for one game to eventually see. Uh, Figure that like the Northeast, like it's like it's so condensed there. Like, was there ever a road trip in that area, then I can like swing it. It'd be cool to do a couple of games in the Northeast, like uh, New York, Boston-ish area. Well, Boston, uh, I, mean, one I do.
1: just between you know Boston and New York, you could catch four games in four nights if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. You figure you've got, I mean, Islanders, New York City. You've got the Rangers. You've got the Islanders that play in Brooklyn. You've got the Devils that play just across the Hudson in New Jersey. I mean, that, they're practically a New York City team as well. You've got the Bruins up in Boston, which is a couple-hour drive. Uh, if you wanted to, you could drive to Philly. You could drive to D.C. Um, you know, you could go a lot of places.
0: Yeah, so a lot of options. Uh, that'd be cool one day to do that. Because I had to dream of that because right now this team is, uh, I don't know if you heard this before, I'll say this before, pretty much hot garbage.
1: Yeah man it's um you know you and I have talked about it that it's getting harder and harder to do these podcasts every week because it seems like there's less and less positive things to talk about uh and this week is uh is yet another case of that you know we every time we think this team has bottomed out they find a way to go hold my beer watch this yeah, and, uh, and put on an even more spectacular crap show than we've seen before.
0: And like we said, like I was, we were talking off uh, off air, we were just saying like there's almost more entertaining what's going on off the ice. There's much more news off the ice than there's on the ice right now. Um, and especially this week, there's a ton of stuff happening, especially um, within the last two days. We're recording on the uh, 11th here. So uh, goaltending changes, fights at practice, uh, players calling out each other. Uh, yeah, I've been waiting for this. Entertaining. Uh,
1: I, I figured that we were going to get to this point. Uh, and I'm actually kind of happy we are. And we'll talk about it more when we get to that point of the show. Um, but I had a feeling that it was not an if, but when this was going to happen. And now that it has, I think we're going to start seeing uh, the reality of what the players on this team are made of.
0: Yeah. So uh a ton of stuff to go over. So we're going to do game recaps. We're going to do all your Blues news, uh it's off the ice, all the crazy stuff that's been going on. And then we're going to wrap it up with our uh nomination or our our, our first, in, not first inductee, first inductee of this season of the uh, Blues uh, Hall of shame. So a co- close contest. It's down to the wire, honestly, when I checked it today. So couple guys are at 32 and 33%. So it's between wow. two guys right now. So uh, neck and neck. Neck and neck. So a couple of people put in their votes, which kind of swayed the vote after that. Ch- I'm going to check it in a little bit here just to leave it to last minute just cool. to see who we get last uh, last second votes in. So Blues are playing Florida currently, and they're down one to nothing, as I'm seeing, in about the I'm middle of the second. Then uh, four-minute power play, another two-minute power play they blew, and then Daninoff scored. So it is what it is. But we're going <laughs> to talk about – other Remember games. when this
1: power play used to be great?
0: Yeah, early in the season. And, yeah. You know, we were like, wow, they're clicking, and now they're just back to they are back to themselves not scoring on the power play. That was where so, someone called me. Okay, fine. So let's see, where are we at? So blues play the Edmonton Oilers. So Ken Hitchcock back in town trying to get uh the Blues get Edmondson Oilers back in gear, which he's doing a pretty decent job. They're uh, 6-1-2, and 2, or 6-0-2, so or 6-1-2, excuse me, going into this game. So how are the Blues going to handle the Edmondson Oilers? It is a very interesting game. So kind of wide open, and the Blues start off really well. Ivan Barber-Chef gets his 30th of the year from SunQuest to Nolan at the 6.05 mark. Braden Shen gets his 6th of the year from Chris Butler and uh, Dunn. At the 13-32 mark. So, Blues looking good in the first period. 2-0. Uh, and shots on goal. 15-5 to five after one. Blues look great. They look fantastic. That's the first period. Uh-huh. So, second period comes around. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The Nuge gets uh, his goal. Seventh of the year from Nurse and Russell. This is kind of a... Uh, Play in the front of the net where Robert Thomas didn't tie him up and he was just able to knock it past Jake Allen. Yep. 2-1 to one, St. Louis. And Blues, during this whole time, from the, after this goal on, we're pretty much in prevent defense, I which felt the annoys the crap out of me.
1: Yeah. I, You know, and again, I think we'll get into this as we talk about things that have happened in the last 48 hours with this team and players and, and different comments. But you're right. I think this team – Has shifted, and it's it's very relevant when you watch them. They they play not to lose now, instead of trying to play to win the game. It's playing not to lose and not to make mistakes. And when afraid that way, yeah. When when you play that way, regardless of if it's a single sport or a team sport, all you're going to do is make more mistakes. You have to play your game. If you try to get out of that and, and play a pre-event, it's never going to work.
0: Yeah. So in the second period, seventeen to seven, Edmonton in shots. Uh, so the Blues, mind you, after this goal, uh, this is a very interesting play. So Vladimir Tarasenko gets whistled for goaltender interference. He is cross-checked into the goal by Benning Matt Benning. Yeah. And the ref said that he interfere with Talbot and Zach Sanford had the puck and shoots it into the empty net and he had a goal but right. it was waved off due to the interference. A lot of people are on the NHL. When I was listening to this on <laughs> NHL radio the next day, a lot of people were said they wish there was a way to review this because there it was blatantly obvious that he got pushed into pushed into the, the goaltender and had no way of getting around him. one he gets called and the goals waved off. Edmonton goes on the power play Instead of a three-one game, it's a two-one game, which makes a huge difference here in the third period. Because I called it, I said it's going to happen in the last minute of the period, and it's going to make me all upset. And Oscar Cloughbaum gets his third of the year from McDavid and Kira Kara, whatever, at nineteen oh four. So, so fifty-six seconds left. Uh, pretty much a shot from the point that there's like thirty guys that seem like in front of Jake Allen, and there's no oh, yeah. the way he saw this and. Um, Tarasenko was late getting out on the point, man. And clefbaum was able to hit a shot in after they pulled the goalie. Uh, mind you, Talbot did make some pretty good saves in the first period to hold them in because he, uh, the blues are pressing that whole first period. I don't want to get past and say the blues played an extremely bad game here, but the first period they just, they just took the, tell me you heard this before, took their foot off the gas. Uh, that, that more than anything else is the thing that infuriates
1: me. I mean, I think that the, the stat they showed at the end of this game was this was the fifth time the Blues have blown a 2 nothing lead. Sixth yep. time? Fifth or sixth?
0: Fifth or sixth, yeah. It, it's frustrating, to say the it's least.
1: beyond frustrating. And I think what, what upset me even more was once they got to the shootout, no one seemed like they really cared. I, I mean, that's not the right word, but like,
0: it, yeah, the there's no moves. Was, yeah, they
1: were lazy. They were lazy, lazy attempts on the shootout.
0: Yeah. So with Blues gonna go first in the shootout. Todd Bozak comes in just pretty much roofs a shot over Cam Talbot. Yeah. Uh, mind you, Talbot, who is starting this game, uh, after basically losing the starting job, uh, let in twelve goals in his last two games. Yep. Uh, so he's not playing well. So the Blues like had a shot here. But, yeah. of course, they didn't. So it's how gets a goal here. Uh, the Nuge comes down and gets a pretty nice-looking goal here. Just didn't really make a move, just, roof, just shoots it past Jake mm-hmm. Allen. Makes uh, Jake high, Allen look stupid. High-glove high side, which is kind of a norm. Uh comes in and tries going five-hole and just barely misses it. Yeah. Uh, uh, hits uh, hits kind of like the inside of the, his pad and stick. Right. Uh, then, then Conor McDavid, I mean, this is just – I mean, mind you, I want, I, I want to say – you want to say, like, God, oh, Jake Allen, why can't you stop, like, breakaways or shootouts? But, damn, this was, this was a sweet move. I mean, I, it was a sweet move. Like, he just outweighed Jake Allen. I mean, the patience and stick handle that he had on his play, which is, which is why he's considered probably the best player in the game right now. Agreed. So, and then Braden Shannon, a chance to tie it and a uh, save by Cam Talbot. So, the Blues fall in a shootout lose a point, only get the, lo- the loser point, uh, three to 3-2. On to the next game against the uh, Winnipeg Jets in Winnipeg, uh, one team that's playing extremely well right now. They're getting uh, their big defenseman, Dustin Bufflin, back. Uh, so you're like, okay, well, it doesn't line up for the Blues for this to be a really good game. And keep in mind, the last time you played
1: the Jets, line a hung five on us.
0: Yeah, so uh, the Blues made a very good effort in this game to stay on Patrick line and get under his skin. Uh, there was a lot of cross checking on slashing, yeah. uh, just basically annoying the crap out of him. And I mean, it took him off his game cause he was, he only had three shots during the game and two were blocked. So you're Correct. talking, you held a guy yeah. who had five goals the last game and five shots to so three shots and two of them were blocked. Yeah. Um, and uh, luckily, the only thing, the only thing I can report from him is Colt Breko gets a bomb of a goal, his fifth of the goal, fifth of the season on the power play, at the fourteen fifty six mark of the second period from Shannon Perron. Jake Allen holds the fourth down. Uh, the Blues play a really strong uh, defensive game. I mean, it's just one of those things where it, it, it's a game that yeah, I love to watch, but also frustrating as hell because you can yeah. see him play like this, but then you would see him not play well, which is exactly what happens the next game. It, it's mean, happened at least four or five times this year where they played a really oh, strong game. And like, all right, well, maybe this team's getting back into it and then yeah. nothing.
1: You know, so 26 saves by Jake Allen. I, I look at this game and it's like, you know, it was, what, a week and a half ago where this team, or the Winnipeg Jets came into St. Louis and put up eight on the Blues and, and won eight to four, I think, eight to three. Yeah, I think there might have been a garbage time goal and it was eight to four. Regardless, they hung eight on us. And um, you turn around and you shut them out in their own building, and it's it's been my complaint. It was voted the one of the
0: hardest was one of the hardest. Uh, no, I think it was voted one of the hardest uh, places to play by the players. So
1: yep. And this is the thing that frustrates me with this team is that there you never know what you're going to get. Like if you look at the the, the games that this team has won. They have not been against cupcake opponents. Like, yeah, we have a win against Chicago, but this is a team that's beaten national beaten Winnipeg beaten Toronto. Um, they, they've proven that they can beat the top teams in this league. And then they turn around and just lay gigantic eggs against teams that they shouldn't be losing to. When you, when you get, shut out by the Kings when you lose multiple games to the Hawks when you're, when you're losing games to teams that you know especially in the case of the Kings are the only team below you in the standings it, it, I don't understand this team at all I don't know how they can be so up for one game and then so not present the very next day
0: yeah, it's really odd on how this team can get up for a game and then feel so defeated after something very small. Uh, so the next game, I so will not skip over too much of the Winnipeg game, but they basically just locked it down. It's this everybody played really well. I mean, you know, there's nothing that really stuck out on that game outside. I thought Colton Pareko played a probably one of his better games of the year. Yeah, uh, I think I think all the all the players played as one, which we've been waiting for. So they come in back home to play a Sunday afternoon game against Vancouver. There's only a couple of spots ahead of them in the standings, and a team that's struggled—they've lost uh, uh, five of the last six, yeah. not playing well. So you're thinking they're on a they're on the road, letting up a lot of goals lately. So of course you think the Blues should play well. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just doesn't happen, and it it all started with the first goal, this Brock Besser goal, his seventh of the year from uh, Pedersen. And uh, I mean, it's just a fluke goal. It just—he took the shot from the slot, and it hit the back uh, glass. Came back, hit Jake Allen, went in the net. Yeah. I, and you I, could yeah. just see this team get feel defeated. That's a two thirty-one mark. And then after that, uh, Elias Petterson who's uh, their huge rookie, who is having a tremendous year, his fifteenth of the year. Uh, just the defense lets him walk into the slot, and I, mind you, I kind of wish Jake Allen had this, but. At the same time, it hit off Bo Meester's stick. Uh, of course, it's good. Yeah, and of course, at the 12.46 mark, and then about a minute later, a minute and a half later, Brock gets his second of the game, his eighth of the year. And then it's just downhill from there. Well, excuse me. Bo, Bo Horvath gets his 14th of the year in the second period. Nikolai Godobin gets his fifth of the year. So 5 nothing halfway. At the, this is the 13.18 mark of the second period. 5 nothing, and the boobirds yeah. are out. And mind you, if you, I, I kind of caught part of this game because I was out and about doing stuff. Um, that was a pretty empty arena already, and yeah, it, I was, I was going
1: to make a comment about that when we got done with this game. Is I first noticed it on the national game against Edmonton that there were a lot of empty seats, and then that Vancouver game on an afternoon Sunday. There was even more empty seats. I can't imagine that that arena looks good tonight. Uh,
0: yeah, I tried looking at it. I couldn't really. I looked kind of like okay, but I'm thinking part of it's the giveaway that's tonight, that the uh, the hat yeah. and scarf. That could be it, but maybe not. Um, I did see uh, I don't know if it's not good news or Chris who's trying to get his tickets, sell his tickets for uh, Friday's game. I yes. saw tickets are going for uh, fifteen dollars for today. I mean, so. I don't
1: doubt it. I mean, uh, that's again,
0: a sad part. I, it's we've
1: talked about it that this team is not the St. Louis Cardinals. This franchise cannot withstand a lengthy losing period, and you know, compounded with the expectations of this year, compounded with the fifty-plus years of waiting for a Stanley Cup, the leash. That, that this franchise has with their fan base, I don't think has ever been shorter than it is right now. And the more that they sink and the more that they don't do something to, to change this, the quicker you're going to see the fans leave. Like I heard someone put it perfectly, which was if the team doesn't want to show up to play, why should we show up to watch? And that's, Dude, I get it. Like, you know, how many episodes are how many episodes of this show now have we said, I don't mind the Blues losing games as long as there's the effort there, and there just hasn't been the effort. Yep, and that's the
0: that's kind of like my thing is like I worked down there when they were at their worst, which well they we, we could argue what this season is, but when the Blues were at their worst and had their worst season in team history, um, the year in the lockout, I mean that team was. Stripped down and had a couple guys that were considered stars or okay, like Kachuk, Wait, and Garen. But outside of that, there wasn't much behind that, and not much used for that because that team pretty much didn't have anything. Um, yeah, they worked hard, but they just like were out class most nights. And that show—I mean, when you're saying an arena had maybe six thousand people in it on a Saturday or set, you know, Friday night or something like that—it was, yeah, it wasn't great, but at least you watched the game and there would see like. There'd be guys that'd be busting their ass, but you can tell like when it's a guy who's in a fourth line and he's on the second line of your team, you know, that's not great, you know? Um, So, and that just had not shown up and that kind of came out in this post game. And that's why we're going to get into a lot of the news off the ice now because a ton of stuff happens off the ice. And I thought this was just telling on how this season has gone. And, Let's get into the comments from uh, Braden Chen first, because uh, me and Chris wanted to get. Into it. First off, David Prom was scratched for this game, and yeah. Brube said, and Brube said he was scratched just because of the last couple of games. The Edmonton goals, he was directly responsible turnovers for those. He was a minus two that game, and he was a minus one the next game. Uh, or excuse me, he was uh, negative before I game. He was even, but had turnovers, so he was right. sacked this game, and so part of me is like, okay, they're sitting veterans, okay, I guess. I didn't see as that bad, but that's me. Agree. He's up uh, there Ryan. Yeah, so, but, like I did, I, I did see the turnover, so I guess, you know, he got he's trying to, inst, you know, instill a culture that you need to be responsible, I guess, so. Right. I'll give Barube that, I guess. So, anyway. Um, so, Steam made a comment after the game, and I'm going off of Lou Korak's Twitter right now, so he just says, "How oh, Brain Shen is visibly upset right now." Um, let's see, Shen said they come to see us play, talk about the fans. They pay to see us, and they put on multiple times, put out poor performances on the home ice. We're a fragile group right now. And I'm like, "Crap, that's a uh, you don't want to hear." Pl- yeah, it's true. The sad part is like, you when management says that, and then you hear players starting to say it's. It's bad because after that first goal, it was like, "Here we go." You could tell, like, mm-hmm. it's one thing when fans say it, but when players think it, it's yep. that—that's that's a culture thing. That's yes, it so, is. It, it's ready to need to be blown up, but we'll get into that. Steen's this comes back and says, "Right now, we're not committed enough to uh, what we want to accomplish." Uh, so I'm trying to get to all those things. So Shen Shen's answered the question when. What told what Steam was told blues are missing a day-to-day commitment. That's a question for him. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he can have an answer for that. Unquote.
1: I mean, look, I said that last year when this team went through a slump, uh, and it's it's again this season. The fact that you have a player like Braden Shen who's a year and change into his tenure with this team and seems to be the most aggravated about what's happening is very telling about the attitude in that locker room. You know, he has nothing invested in this team compared to some of these guys who have upwards of five, 10 plus seasons under their belt. But he, Braden Shen is front and center when it comes to answering the questions And leading by example, you know, he got into a fight. He's gotten into fights this year and last year to spark the team. He's always in the middle of things when it comes to, you know, mixing it up and stuff like that. And he produces. There's a lot of people on this team who would be considered core players or veterans on this team who you can't say that about. And I have absolutely no problem with Braden Shen calling anybody on this team out, especially – when you consider someone like, uh, <clears throat> like Alex Steen, who you and I have talked about numerous times, it always seems that when there is a problem in the locker room between players, it's always between Alex Steen and somebody else. He always seems to be the common denominator.
0: Yeah. I heard an interesting uh, story today. I figured I relay to you and I'll relay on here. Cause that's obviously I found it on Twitter. So it's out there. Um, supposedly, rumor after Hitch got fired, um, people are talking about Steen and being a quote-unquote cancer in the locker room. Like I said, we don't know, but like you just said, every time something comes up, it's weird that he is, uh, his name is thrown in there quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So, one of the things I wanted to bring up was, let's see, the story says, apparently Bernie Federico cornered Alexander Steen and chewed him out. Was this recently? uh, apparently, no. It's when when Hitch got fired last season. Okay. Apparently, supposedly Steen was the driving force behind that. Okay. That's that's all the story of that. It said on Twitter, and then people kind of said, "Yeah, I heard that too," or "That doesn't surprise me," or something like that. It's that's an interesting kind of story that came out. Who knows if it's true? I'm not saying it is. It's just rumor and conjecture. Like I said, anybody can say anything on Twitter nowadays. So that could be thousand percent lie they'll just make Alexander Steen look like a bad guy. It well, could be hundred percent true and he is a bit of an asshole. I don't know. So, I mean look it,
1: it falls in line with all the other stories that you hear about him. You hear that there's a problem between him and Petrangelo. You hear that he's been extraordinarily upset and jealous that he did not get the uh the captain's C when uh when Bacchus left. Um you know you hear all these stories about him having issues with other players, and I am a firm believer of where there's smoke there's fire, and um these can't all be untrue. you know what I'm saying like they may not all be exactly what we hear, but for it to be like a nugget like a nugget so of truth. many different stories that all involve the same guy
0: there has to be something there to it. Yeah, so immediately after the game, uh, Jordan Bennington is called up, yep. and uh, uh, all of us are like, huh, that's weird, because only got pulled after three goals, and Chad Johnson let the other three in, and it's like, weird, I don't think anything else happened during this game, so I don't know what else could have happened, and um, nothing really said, Bennington was called up, but Belay was sent down, so there's no goaltender activity that night, so we're talking the game ended about five o'clock central time or so. So nothing that evening comes out Then nothing has moved happened. Um, All of a sudden in the morning, um, the first kind of inkling that kind of came out was uh, I saw the fan cave people tweeted out and said the Chad Johnson signing was canceled that night. And they said, wherever Chad winds up, we wish him luck, which makes, which makes you think, huh, that's weird. Then lo and behold, about 20 minutes later, Chad Johnson's put on waivers to get sent, yeah. basically sent down to the minors. Uh, maybe somebody will pick him up. So uh, the answer is somebody did pick him up. Um, Anaheim Mighty Ducks picked him up today. Yeah. Uh, and the Blues have Jordan Biddington is now the backup goaltender. If you told me that in January, or July first, or whatever, you know, if you told me that two years ago, I said two years ago, so Jordan Biddington was a guy who was fourth, maybe even fifth on your death chart. 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 There we go. Yeah. Uh, and now he's your backup goaltender. It's just kind of crazy on how things – I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. He's played really well. He played well last year being loaned out to um, another team. Wasn't even the Blues' technically organization last year right. on their minor league team. And this year he took the job away from Billy Huso and played well down the uh, San Antonio. Actually has a positive record, you know. So <laughs> wish him luck. I hope he uh, turns out well. It looks like he, he did not get the start tonight against Florida, which I was a little surprised. Um, there's rumors that he was going to get the start, but they won Jake Allen. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, so what do you think about the goaltending move? It doesn't surprise me.
1: Um, you know. Oh, I, did you want me to throw
0: you the stats first before I do that? Can you mean throw you the stats that you wanted?
1: Yeah, there was a tweet, I think it was Rutherford or Korak put it out, that was uh, the first three games of Chad Johnson versus the rest.
0: Yeah, so the first, he had a total of 10 appearances. So the first five appearances, a 1.83 goals against average and a .941 save percentage. Mind that's you, Blues fans are calling for him to be the starter goaltending then. Yes. And then uh, the last five appearances, 5.06 goals against average, .832 save percentage. There you go. So that's, that's what's like going to get you in the job. Correct. jobs. Correct.
1: Um, look, I, I think that obviously goaltending is, is not up to par on either of those two. And um, you're obviously not going to put Jake Allen on waivers. That's stupid. So you have to put one of them on, and it's, so it's Chad Johnson. Um, doesn't surprise me. I, I'm not expecting it to change much. Um, I don't expect Jordan Biddington to come in and, and right the ship. Um, I, I, again, I think this is going to be another step towards this team packing it in. And uh, playing some kids, seeing what we've got, who they want to hold on to, who they want to deal to get pieces in place for next year. I, I I don't really have much of an opinion outside of that. It doesn't surprise me. It was, uh, you had to make some sort of goaltending move. You made the easiest one you could.
0: Yep. So uh, to be interesting with all the injuries. Uh, so Jane Schwartz is back for the uh, game against Florida. We'll say that much. Right. So, so, uh, Nobody else has been sent down because they had the roster spot because uh, J- Chad Johnson got picked up. Yep. Uh, before we, need we, to, get... we
1: need to, we need to talk ahead. about uh, something else that happened prior to this Florida game.
0: Correct. I was going to get uh, jump ahead of myself. Apologies. Okay. So Chad Johnson's put on waivers. And you're like, man, that sucks for the Blues. Can't think can't get worse? No, they decided to fight each other during practice. So Robert Bortuzzo and Zach Sanford. Uh, Throw it down. Mind you, not only was it a practice, it was in front of Tom Stillman and caught on camera by Fox 2. So, I don't think this is a bad thing. Yeah, I want your opinion because it's a very divided online. There's some people saying that they think Bortuzzo should be waived after this or should be sat. People were kind of pissed that Zach Sanford was sat after this game. He is sitting tonight. And people are thinking, is it punishment for something that happened? Was he the one who? There's no thing like was he the one instigated? It? Was Bortuzzo right. instigated it? That never really came out. It's just a two came the blows. The Bortuzzo landed a couple of solid rights. Yes, he did. To, uh, Sanford, uh, and then uh, Steve Out broke it up. Uh, and so it wasn't on the video, but afterwards, people tweeted out that uh, Sanford threw his stick and helmet as Bortuzzo skated off the ice. After that, uh, he threw his stick and helmet at him, uh, and was still pissed. Apparently they worked it out according to different sources today. I think Strickland said something. Right. Uh, I think somebody else said something that they worked it out or whatever. But uh, I had a long conversation with Zach Sanford who was on the ice today and uh, probably was telling him that he was getting sacked tonight. Um, I don't know how to take that cause I thought Zach Sanford is probably at least to your problems right now. He seemed to be playing a solid game. Yeah, I agree. I, think- I mean –
1: We don't know what led to that fight. We don't know what was said during and immediately after. So it's hard for me to make an educated uh, comment about why they're sitting him. As far as the fight itself goes, um, you know, remember, it was not uncommon for David Backus to challenge people, even Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, I have no problem with this fight, and here's why. This is a team that uh, had legitimate Stanley Cup aspirations this season. Not two seasons from now, not five seasons from now, this year. Um, Suffice it to say, you can take those aspirations and flush them down the toilet. This is going to be a lottery team. And it is now time for each and every person in that locker room to figure out if they want to be here. You know, do you want to play for the St. Louis Blues this year? Do you care? And both of those guys, Bortuzzo and Sanford, show that they care. Because if you're not pissed off enough to get into that type of an emotional situation in practice with your teammates after what had happened the night before and earlier that morning with one of your teammates being waived, then you don't truly care about what's happening on this team. Um, Is it the healthiest way to go about it? No. But anyone who's played any type of sport knows that there are times where your emotions get the better of you. And I think that this shows that you have two players and Robert Bortuzzo and Zach Sanford that truly care about fixing the problem. They may not see an eye to eye, but they are both working to get better. And I have no problems with players who are passionate enough to defend themselves in that way.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty much on that same page. Uh, like I said, fights happen all the time. All the time, but it's not like it's not happened before. Like you said, the last time I can think of one was when Bacchus and Tarasenko uh, got into it. The difference that somebody pointed out online, which I thought was interesting, was uh, Tarasenko and Bacchus got into it, and players jumped in immediately to break it up. And you know, whatever the video, not one player came near those two guys. Had to be Steve Odd. Jump in, so I don't know if that says anything. I mean, I don't know if it says something or not about the, how divided the team is right now, or just whatever. But uh, I think it's just it, an interesting, me, it's interesting to consider. To me, I think it it shows the
1: general apathy of the leadership of this team, and we'll talk about that more soon, I'm sure. Um, sure. But I think it is a there is a general malaise in this team, and a general. Laid back attitude isn't the right word, but there's no fire. nonchalant. Maybe nonch- yeah, there's,
0: there you go. There's, no nonchalant. Yeah, no there That's good.
1: There's no fire. There's no band of brothers. There's no stand up for your teammates. There's there's none of that right now. None. Yeah. yeah. And uh I think that's the difference between what had happened with Bacchus and Teresenko versus what had happened uh earlier this week. Yeah. So
0: like we said, hot garbage, to say the least this Full week. Play. So, um, we'll get into the last little bit of news that, that came up. So Toronto finally signed William Nylander yep. earlier this week or about 10 days ago, got beat the deadline. So he got in there and then immediately after that, people were like, so Toronto's got to figure out the next thing to talk about. So reported by, uh, I believe it was, uh, Elliot Friedman. And I, yeah, it was Friedman who brought it up. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, basically said that Petrangelo to the Leafs has been talked about. And one of the good names he threw out there was Zaitsev, which is, that's a, that's ridiculous. That's basically a guy that's Roman Polak-esque. Nah, yeah, Man, that's, that's not that's it. Not that's I don't good. know, but he's, he's a fifth defenseman. That's what I'm trying to get at. He's not, yeah, that's, that's not going to be great. For he's not great. And, yeah, for $5 million, hell no. Um, yeah, sorry. No. Um, so that's been banded around in all the forums now, and all the Blues fans are talking about it. So Petro on the block, not Pareko. Um
1: I think they're both know,
0: on. I think I think anybody's on that right now. Honestly, the people have been talking about Tarasenko for a while there, and they, you know, uh, I we'll talk about that, but for now we'll we'll stick with Petro. So Petro is basically the Leafs seems like the one that's been out there a lot. Which obviously the Leafs feel that. I don't think this season is like their best shot by any means, but they have the right amount of young talent. Yes, they do. To go for it, and they're one defense, really good defenseman away from doing it. I agree. Uh I had one, but the the defense is their weakness right now, to say the least. Sure. Uh, so having somebody like Petro or Pareko back will greatly help them. That's so, so I've seen. Numerous trade rumors of us getting from Nylander to a bunch of picks. If we do a bunch of picks, that's basically us packing it in for a couple years, in my yeah. opinion. Because, yeah, um, in your per- in your personal opinion, right now, if you had to pick, if I had, I have Colton Pringle lock up for another four years at about five million dollars. I have Petrangelo for one more year after this year at around six and a half, six point seven five, and then he's doing new contract. He'll be UFA. If you had to choose right now. Who to kind of commit to as being your number one defenseman, possibly your core, your core guy that you want to put out there? Who would you uh, go with? Can I
1: explain my reasons why? Oh, go for it! Yeah, that's what we're here. here I I keep Colton Perico, and there's a couple reasons why. Number one, I think that you have one year left on Petro. And to be quite honest, I don't know if we'll be able to afford the raise that he's going to want. Number two, um, I, and I, I tweeted this out. It was either last night or this morning because I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this Toronto rumor. And I think that if the St. Louis Blues do choose to deal Alex Petrangelo, it has less to do with his on-ice performance, which hasn't been up to par recently, and it has more to do with what's happening or maybe not happening in this locker room. I think that if this division that has been talked about for many years now between Petro's guys and Steen's guys is true, You have to deal both of them. You can't just ship out Steen or you can't just ship out Petro because if you just ship out one, then everybody else who was on, you know, let's let's say you deal Steen and you keep Petro. Everyone who was Team Steen in that locker room is going to feel like an outsider and vice versa if you only deal Petro. Um, Thirdly, and I think most importantly, is the fact that the – decay in that locker room since he has taken over has been rapid. We have gone from a team and Jamie Rivers tweeted about this yesterday, I believe, that when you walked into the St. Louis Blues locker room for years, for decades, you knew that you needed to lace them up and you needed to get after it Win or lose, you needed to go out there and play your ass off and be prepared. Because if not, you are going to be held accountable, not just by ownership, not just by fans, but by your fellow teammates. That is not the case anymore, Um, as, as made evident by the numerous terrible performances you have seen on home ice. Alex Petrangelo, where are you? Where are you in the media? Where are you with the press? Where are you in your own locker room? No one hears from you. No one talks about Alex Petrangelo talking to other teammates or holding teammates accountable. I have nothing wrong with Alex Petrangelo as a player. I think he is obviously a very strong defenseman. He's always in the talk for Norris trophies. I don't think Alex Petrangelo is a good leader. And I don't care if he keeps the C or loses the C. I I don't think that that letter means a hill of beans to people who actually play the game. I think that that is something outward for the fans and for everybody else. But to be honest, I don't think the players truly give a damn who has the C on the front of their jersey. Leaders lead. They don't need a letter sewn onto the front of their jersey to do it. And Alex Petrangelo does not lead this team. Uh, I'll I'll go back to a game where it really kind of like, I had that slap myself in the face moment of like, oh, he's weak. And that was, was it last year or two years ago, where I think it was against the Sharks, where he got put into the corner and dropped and the dude sat on him. And not only did Petro not push his way off, or push his way out from underneath the dude who was sitting on him. When he got up, he didn't even get in the guy's face.
0: Uh, it was Jamie Benn against Dallas.
1: It was Dallas. Right? You're right. You're right. And I'm sorry, but that's not what a leader does. He's, he's, and I look, dude, I, I don't know the guy, and I'm not saying he's a bad person, and I'm not saying he's a bad hockey player, but it is very evident that this team has taken on his personality and he is a very, well, the game's over. We didn't do good on to the next type of guy. And um, that's, that's gotta go. And, and, and I think that if they have to deal him to shake it up, cause I'm telling you right now, man, the way this team's playing trades are coming and it's not going to be Jordan Schmaltz. It's going to be somebody big. It's going to be a big, big trade. And if you get rid of Alex Petrangelo, you're getting rid of your captain. You're getting rid of a core guy and you're getting rid of a big name in one move. And I'm telling you, there's a market for him and he's going to get a lot in return. So I think for all of those reasons, monetarily, leadership wise, everything else, I, I, I I keep Pareco And I say, it's been a good run, but it's time to go to Alex Cutrangelo. Uh
0: Yeah, I'm not too far off of that. Cause I think also he'll fetch a better return uh, for what you need. Uh, for example, I, I, I still think if you get Pareco, I think you can get somebody like, uh, honestly, and this, I don't think it's too, very far fetched. I think somebody like William Nylander, if he goes to the Toronto that's the guy that you have to go after. Agreed. I mean, you're not you're not going to get Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner. No, no, you're not, or nothing like that. No, sorry. Like as much as I would love to have either one of those guys, I think they're going to throw all the money at those two guys because they're both. Mind you, I think all these three guys are special talents, but I think out of their guys that they can move, I think uh, Nylander is the most move, the most movable without disrupting things. I think he can slide capping into this spot and be okay. I agree. So uh, I think Petrangelo gets you the most uh, right there. And I think that's basically saying we're changing the core up. Uh, My my opinion is ship Steen and uh, Petra to the same team. I would love to see that deal with each other.
1: I would love to see that, but I think you're looking at a Craig, Janney, Brendan Shanahan situation.
0: Yeah, without the uh, wife situation. Yeah,
1: I, I think you ship them to opposite coasts.
0: Oh, yeah. So they'll be, uh, they both, the problem is they both have no trade contracts, uh, no trade clauses, excuse me. So that could complicate things. But you can also say, hey, listen, we'll scratch you until your contract's up, then and you just won't play hockey and then you'll never get a new contract. You know the uh, big difference is? I mean, I mean that's a very no far fetched.
1: Yeah. I, I think that Alex Dean would happily remove his no trade. I think it would bother Petro. And that's the only reason why I would hate to see him leave.
0: I think Petro, due to a, and people keep saying this, and I, I don't buy into this theory at all. But I, mind you, uh, they say that he's sucked this year because he has triplets.
1: Oh, whatever. Now, whatever.
0: I, I, I don't buy that theory at all. But uh, I think his wife is from St. Louis, and I think they have a home here, and then he's been very used to here. So, yeah. mind you, even the Blues say like, "Listen, we don't, we're not going to resign you," you know, it, and eventually, if they keep asking you to, you no trade, like, how long? If, when do you get the hint that okay, like? You can control where you go, basically. That's basically what it's there for. Like, you basically saying you can't get sent to – maybe he doesn't want to go to the big spotlight in Toronto. You know, maybe right. – even though he's from Canada, maybe he doesn't want to go to the big, you know, hubbub of uh, Toronto where you have 50 cameras on you after a practice every day instead of, like, the three or four right. guys you do in St. Louis. Right. And nothing against St. Louis media at all, but just Toronto's the hotbed of hockey. Of That's course. That's plain and simple. It's just like how St. Louis – how the, people are going nuts that they're following the winter meetings. Right now, right. like you know, like in Vegas, about the Cardinals make a minor trade today, and I saw like at least team post on social media like yep. immediately. It was a minor league deal. It is deal. what it is. So it just that's how it is. So get back on the hockey here. So we got those rumors going around. Um, no other really kind of things trade wise. Obviously, uh, Armstrong came out and kind of said they need to turn things around very quickly. That's that's blatantly yeah. obvious. I thought I saw that in the paper today. I'm like in trades he has said that we're exploring team ways to improve our team uh, like he always says I mean there's nothing he's not gonna say like yeah I'm talking to Toronto right now because I'm trying to get uh Marner out of there but they don't want they don't want to trade him unless I give him Petro and something you know or right. something like that like they're not gonna say right. anything like that so I think you're not gonna see movement until the trade deadline I don't know man i I, I mean I think there's gonna be movement at the deadline but i I don't know if
1: this team uh this team wastes by the way, in the last thirty seconds the Blues have scored two goals and are now winning two to one.
0: Oh, I just got one. I just saw Barb scored. So Quran just scored two. Oh, there we go. So maybe we'll uh sorry, maybe actually I'm we'll sorry, I'm
1: sorry. Fan favorite,
0: David Hey. Brown. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. So uh I think I've covered most of everything off the ice right now, and on for blues. So we can get on to our uh, big finale. Yeah who is entering the blues hall of shame. Yeah, with that music, and it is timed for our latest inductee. So, we narrowed it down last time, so we had four nominees come up. and We put it out there for everybody to vote, so we had 102 votes.
1: Let's count them down from fourth to first.
0: So, fourth to first, and with me doing math, that should be pretty easy. So, uh, we got a lot of crap for this one. I don't know if you followed this one. A lot of people give me crap for this uh, nominee. was John Casey he got the least amount of votes, 7%. Uh, oh, a lot he, of people... look,
1: he was... He was a
0: fine goalie.
1: He's on there for one reason. And we talked about that.
0: Yeah, I saw a couple people say uh, they should have put somebody like Wayne Gretzky or Murray Barron in there because they're more at fault than John Casey on that goal.
1: Uh, I just respectfully I disagree.
0: Yeah. I say I say when you see it when you see that you don't see you might see Murray Barron, I'll say that much, but you don't see Wayne Gretzky not back checking. I, I understand that point because I have problems also, with that too. But you also, see John Casey.
1: Right. And also He's Wayne and Gretzky.
0: Correct. New whiskey out too, by the way. I heard the, so I have to check that out. So uh, send us some Wayne if you're listening. So uh, uh, convicted uh, felon Mike Danton, who came in at number three. Oh. Yeah, surprising. Twenty six percent. I am uh, mildly surprised at the third place finish. I thought he'd be a contender. Honestly, I,
1: I thought he was going to be one of the top two.
0: Yes, so the, so the hate is strong for our second-place one, so people have not forgotten uh, Patrick Berglund, 30% oh, of the 30. vote. So oh. people are still not a fan of Berglund, which I thought was very interesting. So a late, this is the thing. Is Bill Lowry was losing 33 Patrick Berglund was leading this morning, 33% to 32% against Bill Lowry. Uh, a couple of tweets of people saying, if you don't vote for Lowry, you people are idiots. I saw, a, I, saw, I saw it from a – I saw Tyler from Beyond Checker Dome say that, and a couple other people said that. So, Bill Lorry surged ahead. I say surged ahead. He wins 37% of the vote. And, Bill Lorry, you officially made us enter. uh, We have to build a new wing of the uh, Blues Hall of Shame now to add our ownership wing. Bill Lowry. So, Bill Lorry buys the team, spends a crap ton of money, and pretty much puts this team into a tailspin for a numerous amount of years.
1: He does. I mean, look, you. You can look directly at what he did when he sold off all the high-priced assets of this team to make it easy to sell, and it directly changes the trajectory of this team. You had a team that not too many years before the sell had won the President's Trophy with many of these same players. And I get that they lost in the first round, but this was a team that was winning games. And you, you get rid of Chris Pronger, one of the best defensemen in NHL history, safe to say. You get rid of uh, Pavel Dimitra, who I say is probably up there with Brett Hall and Vladimir Tarasenko as far as the Blues' best goal scorers of all time. And you rip everything out of this team. You, you make this team a bottom-dwelling team for... Five years? I think? Yeah, for before a handful they, of years. For before they persons. finally bottomed out. And, you know, you take a team that, you know, it took them back until 2008 to get back into the playoffs, but then they missed again the next year and then finally started to write the ship again. But you have to wonder what could have been had Bill Lorry not gutted this team for 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 selling.
0: Yeah, so... Born in Missouri, more of a basketball fan than you could say uh, uh, hockey fan. Sure. So, so he was uh, not as long as you thought. I was honestly, I was no, take it back. Okay, so here's what he when he bought the team. He pretty much bought the team in the heyday in 1999 yep. Yep. when he bought the team. 99 to 2011, bought the team for 153 million dollars along with the Sabba Center. Uh, during this time, he tried to acquire a couple of basketball teams. If you remember, so what yes. teams did he try to acquire? He tried to acquire three teams in three consecutive years.
1: I believe he tried to acquire Seattle.
0: That's incorrect.
1: Oh, I thought he, no, that would have been after him. Oh, jeez. And who what are you trying to acquire? Because who else? A, te-
0: a team that uh, a former uh, a for- Let's put it this way: a former uh, sports owner owns now. If that makes sense. The Nuggets. He tried to acquire the Nuggets, Denver Nuggets, in 1999. Okay. And then they did move, but he did acquire, acquire the next year, the Vancouver Grizzlies, who moved to Memphis. Right. So That's it. And, and then finally, he tried to acquire another team that wound up moving as well, Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets, yeah. They moved They to moved from New Orleans. All right, yeah. So he bought the team for $103 million in 1999. Uh, surprisingly, in 2003, so maybe they want to take this back. He's in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame for a lifelong dedication and personal contributions to the betterment of sports and spirit of sportsmanship as a whoa, player, a coach, an executive at Benefactor. Yeah. About so that. I don't know if you remember the other thing, too, which I thought was kind of funny. He Remember he uh, donated – was it him? He donated – okay, he donated the $25 million towards uh, uh, the Missouri Tigers to build the new sports arena. Yes. Wasn't it Wasn't it his daughter who, like...
1: Yes, it was. Yes,
0: it was. Who, who like, was, Got like, having people something. do her... Yeah, had people doing her homework and stuff for her and stuff like that? Yeah. yeah. I think well, that was... I'm not 100% sure, but I thought that was the case. I can't find that on his uh, bio here, but... Yeah, so basically, 99-2000, owned the team for nearly 12 years. So, Mikey said, during the heyday, and then after the lockout, they he pretty much owned the team when they were... Pretty much at their heyday and their worst, so you can say yeah. he literally ran them into the ground. Well, now to be fair,
1: I think the last few years that he owned that team, he was actively trying to sell them.
0: It just correct. I would, say, I would say, I would say, I would say he's trying to sell for a handful of years there because it was after well, the two thousand five, two thousand six year, yes. wasn't it? I
1: think that you could point to the post lockout when he sold everybody with the big contract. That is the point where he checked out, and it became not about winning hockey games, but it became about getting the margins on this team right to sell.
0: Yeah, so the Blues have had – so he's one of five owners. So we have Dave Checkets, who might be the next one. Oh, uh, Dan, Ch- John Danforth, uh, Bill Lowry, Harry Ernest, and SLB Acquisition Holdings, LLC, according to the uh...
1: – A.K.A. Tom Stillman.
0: Yeah, so – yeah, They are found in 2012, so interesting stuff. So, the Lawry, you are officially in the Blues Hall of Shame. Uh, your certificate is in the mail. Paul Korea will
1: be sending you your jacket shortly,
0: yes. So, an autographed uh, with a little autograph with that, too. And he says, Thank you for all the money for my last part of my career. So, yes. interesting stuff there, man. So, this team, uh, like we said, we had the Hall of Shame here, we'll wrap it up there, but. Uh this team is winning now. Let's hopefully they can hold on to this game. Uh, we'll we'll both go check that out and finish watching it. I know you're an hour ahead of me, so you're getting probably close to being a little later out there. You're about ten, fifteen, ten thirty out there. So yep,
1: I'm uh, I'm gonna fire up the iPad and watch in bed.
0: Yep. So we'll get you that. So we'll wrap up there. If you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey Like stroked out there. Go ahead. <laughs> nice. Oh man. So at Blues Hockey NHL, Chris is at, at Hossapalooza. So Facebook, Blues Hockey Podcast, uh, Instagram, Blues Hockey Podcast, and our website, blueshockeypodcast.com. And to get a hold of us on email as well as blues hockey podcast at gmail. So I would be remiss if I did not tell you about our contest that we're running for another week here. Uh, so we're gonna try I think I'm gonna wrap it up here on Sunday, so which would be the sixteenth. Thank you, 60. And uh, we asked you what you want Santa to bring the St. Louis Blues. We explained on the last episode, and Chris did a very good job there. Uh, We put pictures on all our social medias, a nice little video that uh, we put together that illustrate what it looks like, and we got a lot of good responses so far. Some serious, some sarcastic, some
1: self-deprecating. You need to say more than a Stanley Cup. Like, obviously, we all want Santa to bring the Blues a Stanley Cup. What we're looking for is, with the current state of the Blues, if you could ask Santa to bring the Blues one thing to help fix them, what would it be?
0: Yeah, so a couple interesting ones so far. So we'll start to narrow those down and uh, get those uh, picking a winner soon. And we'll get the prize sent out. We're trying to get it sent out the week before Christmas, and it's going to be nuts trying to get it out there. But we're going to get it there for you. So we appreciate everybody uh, retweeting that and replying on all the social medias. So super appreciate that. We'll come back to you uh, probably a couple more times here, and then the holidays going to hit. It's going to be kind of tough, like it always is. Who runs around the holiday season where it gets to be tough to record? The Blues they make it even tougher to record. So we'll see. So uh, once again, so coming from you, like I said, from the Midwest and from New York this week. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Buy my Blues tickets.